Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength... A complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else. That intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Serious, grumpy, that's how he described himself. He was often right too. The modern-day version of this fella, though, super impressive. Priorities in order, still learning, still bettering, a really positive example. This, after a simply amazing career. But who is Nathan Kalis? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, good, it's a good question. Uh, I, I suppose I probably a couple of years ago I may have thought of myself as a uh, yeah, the rugby league player or a, a rugby league coach. Um, but then when you think a little bit deeper into it and a bit of work I've been doing on myself, you realise that um, me as a person, I'm just trying to be the best husband and father I can be. Um, you know, I love my wife. She's been a real rock not only throughout my rugby league career but post-career as well. And then our three kids, uh, me, Eddie and Marley, uh, they're um, 16, 14 and 12 now and they're sort of moving into that stage where they go from being little kids and now you're yep. really starting to guide them and you've really got to make sure that you can, you've you've raised them well enough. And I was lucky I was sitting down with uh, an elderly Lebanese man one day. This is probably about six or seven years ago and we were talking about fatherhood and parenting yeah. and all that type of things. And the analogy he gave me, was, and it was great, it stuck with me ever since, was as parents we're like the stake in the tree when – you know, when you plant a new little uh, seedling or a little yep. tree, you, you put the stake in so that the stake is there to guide the tree to go up straight. And that's what we need to be as parents, to be that guiding stake. So if your children are getting uh, led the right way or they've been taught the right things, they'll grow up. The, the tree will be nice and tall and nice and straight. But if there's yep. no stake there and they don't have that guidance, then the tree's going to grow all over the place. So mm. uh, I've, I've sort of stuck with that quite a fair bit. Um, you know, I, I I do rugby league coaching. That's my job. It's mm. not who I am. I, I love doing it. I love I love coaching to help young men uh, mm. become better men and better players. Winning will come and go. You know, that'll be a byproduct of 
the good things that you do with with young players and the mm. people that you meet and the fans and that type of thing. Um, I love my golf and I've just taken up cycling as well, road cycling. I started doing it last year in Coburn, absolutely love it. Um, wow. Yeah, I suppose finishing – when I finished playing, I had three years where I went, I'm not going to do any training, I'm just yeah. going to eat crap, I'm going to drink beers and, and I just felt so bad. Yeah. So got back into training, you start to run then you go, well – Done all this all this time in the gym, and yep. I was looking for something different, and found cycling, and absolutely love it. Uh, the players that I coach take the piss out of me all the time about <laughs> wearing the lycra, and are oh, you one of those guys that hold up the lanes? I said no, I'm definitely single file. Yeah, make sure that whoever I'm riding with, we're single file. We're not out on the road, not obstructing traffic, uh, especially when you're riding out in the. Greater Western Sydney suburbs, the <laughs> tradie per capita out there is probably eighty to one, and mate, tradies they hate cyclists out there out west. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably me. You know, I'm I'm loving working on myself as well. Good. Um, yeah, I suppose being lucky working with someone like Trent Robinson. I knew Robbo as a player, and you know he came over to Para early on, and yeah. to be able to get the opportunity to work with the Roosters and work with himself and Fitzy and, and Matt King as well, just the way that they look at your own development as a person uh, and the growth that he pushes on you as a person and the different things that he wants you to learn. I suppose very similar to Brian, Brian yep. Smith, you know, was, um, yeah, that, that's been a wonderful experience. So, yeah, constantly looking to grow and learn and I suppose getting in situations where you're not comfortable mm. uh, so that you do get that growth. So, yeah, I suppose that's sort of who I am. I've Yeah, I, I suppose the last few years I've found – Found myself too. I, mm. I, I I finished playing footy and I I'd had enough of rugby league or so I thought and went and tried a few different things. Went into real estate and and a few other little bits and pieces. But I was really lost there for about five years. I just didn't feel like I had a purpose. Mm. Um, I'd gone from playing footy to knowing exactly what I had to do every day. I need to need to be better at this. Need to be better at that. To having none of that. And then I had to work out. Okay, what's my next purpose? You know, I want to be a great husband, a great father, mm. and then. The other bit is I can be of service to to young men through through what I've learnt as a as a man myself from the coaches that I've worked with, but also as a footy player. So um, that's that's a bit for me as well, being a real service to you know, young men, whether they're playing footy or not. Yeah, that's what I love doing as well. Wonderful. Parramatta Marist was where we first saw you, the Aussie school side. I'm thinking. 1995, 1996, rarely do schoolboy props stand out in history. What do you recall of your first conversation with Parramatta? Who was it with, when, and, and how, how did it sound? Uh, oh, yeah, I was sort of kicking around. I, I started with Parramatta in the 17s, SG Ball, and that's that's probably where I, I had a bit of a growth spurt, uh, Heidi. Gives it to me all the time. He goes, mate, you were the same size back then. Manchild. Yeah, now, yeah. So I, I grew early and I sort of played that similar sort of weight. I was wow. obviously a bit fatter then. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I just – I worked really hard on my fitness. So I, I knew, like, I was – I was never the best player as a kid. I was only allowed to start playing league when I was 12. Uh, Mum, too scared to let my brother and I play rugby league. She, you know, got us into soccer, yep. too worried about us getting injured. But then once we started playing, she was that mum up and down the sideline screaming and yelling out, smash him, get into him, get off him. <laughs> but don't hurt my so baby. She loved it, yeah, yeah. So she loved that. And, um, you know, I had to really work hard. I had to really work hard on my fitness and sort of had a bit of a, a growth spurt. Uh, 17s played SG ball with Parramatta. 
Uh, played a bit of school footy as well. And then the big break for me came in uh, 95. I was injured. I got injured after one of our SG ball games and I missed the trials for the uh, the um, New South Wales team, the New South Wales combined Catholics team. So yep. I, I think it might have been a metropolitan team or something like that. And I missed the trials. I didn't get selected. Um, one of my really good mates, Ray Daha, was in the uh, – yeah. he was in the team and – we ended up playing a trial. They trialed against us, our school team. It was a Wednesday night before they were a couple of weeks before they were going to go down to the national championships down in Canberra. I played, I played all right. My mate got injured, hurt his ankle, so they called me in as player twenty one. Um, I was into the New South Wales Combined Catholic Colleges squad, player twenty one, um, and they their starting front row at that stage was Nick Surtees. I don't know if you remember Nicholas Surtees. Yeah, 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 super. Superstar young player when yep. we were coming through. He used to wear the headgear. He had footwork. He was big, yep. fast. And Bill Dowles was our coach. And for some reason, for the first game we were playing Canberra, he put me into the starting team from player number 21 in the squad, the last one wow. in the squad. He, he said, I'm starting over Nick Surtees. I got men of the match in that game, uh, made the school boys, and it just sort of all went from there. Uh, my father was quite shocked. It was down in Canberra, and he just couldn't believe the amount of player managers as a come. They come up to speak to him. Clubs would come up to speak to him, and he just sort of went. He felt like he went from being a nobody to to having all these people talk to him. Uh, and that's where I sort of linked up with uh, Alan Ganey and Wayne Beavis, yes. my management team, and it just sort of all flowed from there. So I suppose a bit of a sliding doors moment. I feel sorry for my mate Ray, but yeah, mate, he's killing it now. He's gone on. He's he went from being a rugby league player to. Uh, running a concrete business and doing very, very well for himself. And we always talk about, you know, what would have happened. Yeah. Um, if that, you know, if that, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd be where I am today. So you got to take your moments and, and wow. that was one for me. So, yeah, it all sort of stemmed from there. I never I never really had the opportunity to leave Parramatta. I'd never wanted to leave Parramatta. Mm. It's probably one one time in 2007 I, I had a, an offer from the Warriors, but then I was also thinking about maybe going over to the UK. Yep. But I decided I, I was happy to stay in Parramatta and loved it there. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Really cool time to be in and around Parramatta. 96, the four Bulldogs arrived. Jason Smith, Jim Dimmick, Dean Page, Jared McCracken. It changed the makeup of the side, the culture and the results of the side almost overnight, didn't it? Yeah, they were hard. They were hard men and uh, you knew exactly what was expected of you at training. Yep. Not only from Brian, Brian was our coach. He, yeah. he came over in 97 and changed a lot about the club and and the 
professionalism of the club. Yep. I remember in 97 we were one of the first teams to be full-time and we used to, our lunch used to get brought into us up yep. at uh, Roxborough Park. We used to train up there. They had mm. uh, There was a field there we used to train at. There was a swimming pool. There was a gym. We were all in one spot. Um, so that was the start of it. But those four guys, they, they really epitomised hard, ruthless men. Um, on and off the field, you know, you look at all of them. I mean, Jared's become a very successful mm. businessman. So is Dean. Dean's done a few things. Jimmy's doing really well with uh, the Gold Coast Titans and Jason Smith. He was running the pub there for a bit as well. So they were hard on the field, mm. but even harder off the field. Gee, they I mean. like, left an imprint on you. You you must be a, a listener because there is so much of all those four guys in you. And I've seen you from – you know, the 19-year-old through to the modern-day yeah. Nathan Kalis, they, they've left an imprint on you as as a person. Yeah, I suppose the biggest thing was your actions must do the talking. Yep. You know, don't, you know, don't talk shit. Don't say you're going to do this and yep. you're going to do that. Just lead Just lead with your actions. And yeah. that was probably Dean, Dean Pay the most. Yep. Uh, you know, we're very lucky to be able to play under Dean. He was a great leader and um, you know, loved the beer and he – the amount of times that he got me in a headlock at the bar and I'd be stuck there for about three hours talking footy and he used to call me boy, boy, get over here, boy, get over here. And I was like a 19-year-old in awe and I just had this legend of the game just mentor me and mm. just teach me about not only being a footy player but being a man, yeah. you know, uh, being a, a man, a father and a husband um, and just being tough and just don't ever let – any bullshit get in the way of your mm. actions. Your actions need to do the talking. That's that's sort of how I've always been. That's how I was with my leadership. Yep. You know, I wasn't ever one to say too much, but the boys knew whenever I spoke, and that's that's because I took it from those guys. They yeah. just they just did the job, and they were successful. They knew what winning was all about, and they knew how to win. Um, and they were ruthless, mate. They were they were ruthless, uh, ruthless competitors. Whether you're playing cards, Jimmy Dimmick's probably the best one. Whether you're playing cards, darts, anything, table tennis, he's the best at all of them. He would never give you an easy out, and he would just sledge and sledge until yeah. you improved and got better. Um, yeah, so yeah, very fortunate to be able to play under those four guys. One year later, 1997, it was the year of the split competition, the ARL and the Super League. Was state of origin time. The Eels were without Dean Pay, uh, Jimmy Dimmick, John Simon, Jason Smith, and I also think Stuart Kelly. Yep. Sunday, June eight, Para Stadium against the mighty South Queensland Crushers. It was debut day. Nineteen years of age as a prop. A lot of older props don't like teenage young rookies. Was it a fair initiation? Uh it was – I can't really remember. I mean, I remember being at the stadium and I remember the um, the score and the game. But, yeah, I don't – like I, I never really used to go into a game fearing um, – and I, I don't mean to sound – but I, didn't, I never used to go into the game fearing getting hurt or injured. I just yep. – I hated losing so much. Yep. So I just wanted to make sure that, that we won the game and we did the guys that were – uh, playing State of Origin, we did them proud, and I think we won fifty to four, fifty four nil, or something like that. It was something yeah. ridiculous, and uh, and I remember asking the gear man after the game if I could keep the jersey. He's like, "Mate, what do you think this is? Not charity. You've got to give it back." <laughs> um, but yeah, that was yeah, that was a, a wonderful time. I loved playing at Parramatta Stadium. Yep. It's probably the biggest. Uh, biggest thing that I remember of the day, like the crowd and how intense it was when you're out in the field, but. Um, yeah, when you're playing, you sort of 
you have those moments over those times where you you're out there playing, but you're not thinking. Mm. You're just playing. You're just doing. You're on autopilot. You're just doing. That's when. Yeah. That's when you play your best footy, and yep. we sort of talk to players these days about that as well. You give them detail, but they've got to just go out and play because they've trained it so much. And yep. So sort of a bit of a blur, um, but it was great. It was great. Only the one game that year, the Eels would make the playoffs. They were beaten in straight sets. 1998, a United competition. Your progress saw you play 19 top-grade games, including, and apologies in advance because it still hurts all of us, September 20 and that finals game against the Bulldogs. Polamata, inside ball from Rilf. And uh, the flying red silver's going for the corner and he's over for Canterbury. Canterbury back to 18 points to 10 and carries. Brings it back for Parramatta. That will see full time oh. when the ball goes dead and Carriage put a kick on it. He's taken a shot. Canterbury's taken a shot. And it's fallen short. It's just gone under. Oh, well, they're, they're, they're claiming that's a goal. No, it's gone under. Canterbury are claiming victory. I'm pretty sure it just went under that black spot. What stands out from the game, or more accurately, what still haunts you from the game? Uh, yeah, it was on TV the other day, actually, in the resort we were staying at. Um, so, yeah, just watching it and sort of watch. And there was – when I was watching the replay, it had the time where Shane Werrick got that ball off Jim Dimmick and scored under the posts, yeah. made it 18-2. And I remember I was sitting on the bench. Um, and the year before, we'd gone through and we won the competition under Peter Sharp, 97. Yeah. We played the Tigers – uh, we had a lot of good young players there. Ian Highmarsh was part of that team. Mickey this Bella, is the reserve grade side. Reserve yeah. grade, yeah, 97. So I remember sitting on the bench, 98, I'm 20-year-old. Shane where it scored the tries, 11 minutes ago. I'm thinking, wow, we won the grand, grand final last year. I'm going to be in another grand final. And then it just all went south. Uh, we were right on top. And it just I just remember sitting on the bench going, the boys have stopped playing. We just stopped playing footy. We stopped and maybe it was because the, a lot of the other guys were thinking the same thing, yep. thinking about, well, we're in the grand final. But, yeah, we stopped playing. The Bulldogs just went hell for leather. They just threw the ball everywhere, moved it from side to side. So you could see it happening. Found a chink, and we stopped moving in defence. We wow. stopped doing the little things we were doing yep. well the whole game and the whole year. Uh, that's probably – yeah, those two years probably a bit – well, was a, a few in a row, 98, yeah. 99, and – 2001, you know, really tough start to stuff, tough start to your career, but uh, you learn a lot from them. Hey, legends! I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of the team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go, from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week, and we can cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. So 
out of that one, you, you've got to learn to play for the full 80 minutes. You know, you, your, uh, your coaches will always say that. But, yeah, that's probably the, the biggest thing that stood out for me was when I was sitting there, I had that thought, and then we stopped playing. Um, great crowd. Daryl Halligan kicking that sideline from the bench, uh, kicking that goal from the sideline mm. was just a dagger in the heart. But he was always going to get it. He was never going to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 98, 99 again, another yep. prelim final loss to the Storm. 2000 again to the Broncos. What stands out? What do you recall of those two years or three years and getting so close but knowing you were still so far? Yeah, uh, 99 was a, a good one. It was uh, around the middle of the year and – uh, yeah, Dean Pay, Jared McCracken, they were talking about, well, Dean was going to retire. Yep. Jared was going to move to another club. Jimmy Dimmick and Jason Smith, they they sort of, they were looking to tie up deals over in the UK. Yep. So it was a, a real time where Brian actually sat, I think there was about eight of us down and said, look, I'm going to give all you guys a go. I'm going to rest these guys. It was a, a real make or break time for us as young players yep. to whether to prove whether we could actually play to NRL standard and carry and lead the team. Mm. So there was a number of us. Eric Roth Jr. was in the, the squad there. Oh, he was so young. And there was a day out at Campbelltown. We played Wests. It was 99. He rested all the senior boys and put us all, threw us young guys all in. Yeah, Stuart Kelly was sort of there as well. Yep. Um, so we had a really good crew of young players and we won that game by 60. So that was the, that was the moment where I think Brian went, well, I can I can build a team with these yeah. young guys, and we sort of started from there. You know, ninety nine prelim was another. Yeah, you know, I think it was sixteen six at halftime. We were mm. up, and there was an opportunity for a pass. I think from maybe to Jason Smith for another try under the post to take it, take the game away. But it wasn't to be. And you know, Melbourne were too good; they got away with it. Two thousand, we had a young squad. Yes, yeah, you know, we had babies. Jamie Lyon started; he was eighteen. We had young kids. I think our average age was twenty one uh, mm. that year, and. We really exceeded our expectations to make the prelim. We played the Roosters round one of the semis and they had a really good side. They ended up making the grand final. Um, They had Freddie, they had Fletcher, they had a really good side. And we beat them week one, then we beat Penrith. Then we were playing the Broncos side. I personally believe it's probably one of the best ever teams in in the history of NRL. When you look at that side and we we came up, a bees yes. away from beating them. I think they beat a 16-10, but it was like it was 12-10 for a long, long time mm. there, and they had a massive forward pack. They had all these experience. Talos was at his prime. Yeah. Uh, Lockyer was in his prime. Brad Thorne. They had Takiri and Wendell Saylor coming off the wings. Unbelievable footy. They had like an eight-man forward pack. Yep. Uh, Kevin Walters was still there. He was their yep. captain. So, yeah, we, we did really well to, to make the prelim, but you know, we thought the next – the next couple of years had to be our year mm. to win it. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good learning lessons throughout those years as well. At 21 years of age, following on from watching Dean, Jared, Jimmy and Jason, you were named as captain. Yeah. Surprised, pressure, or did it yeah. fit naturally? No, it was a shock when Brian asked me. He asked me in the pre-season of leading into the 2000 mm. season. Uh, 99, I... Uh, I was uh, I got injured at the start of the year because um, ninety eight 
I had some issues with my neck. Yep. Um, might remember Brookvale Oval. Mickey Vella still gives me a hard time every time. Every time he sees a helicopter flying in the air, that's right. Um, yeah. I hurt my neck in the game, and it was at Brookvale Oval. They couldn't get a. Uh, they couldn't get the ambulance in the ground because it was too bumpy. Yep. So they had to get a helicopter to land on the field. They had to stop the game for forty minutes. Yeah. And I knew I was okay, but they strapped me into the stretcher. There was myself and another player from the reserve grade team, Greg Harland, yes. had to be stretched out as well. So I remember getting carried out and, like, the fans just giving it to us because they had to stop the game. It was a Channel 9 game Friday night. The fans were just giving it to us. KLS, you're weak. You stop the game. This And, and you're that. on the stretcher. On a stretcher. Helicoptered to hospital. We had to get checked out. I tore out a ligament in my neck that year, so I missed a few games. And then 99, it was round one, we played at uh, the Olympic Stadium. Yep. We played the Dragons. I think it was my first or second carry. I got head slammed. Darren Tracy slammed me. Uh, slammed me into the ground. I think someone else was underneath me. I got stretched. I don't remember getting taken into the change rooms, but I didn't wake up until I got in the change rooms. I was out cold for a long time. Uh, and then I sort of was out for a while. Then Mick Vella made his debut yep. a couple of weeks into that season and he just killed it. Yeah. He ended up staying in that position. So I was in and out of the, the first grade team. I played, I think, 10 or 11 games straight in reserve grade. Yep. The reserve grade team ended up winning the comp that year. They had a really good side. But I was, yeah, I was sort of in and out. Then I got myself onto the bench for the final series at the back end of the year. And once that season had finished, I said to myself, I'm going to work so hard. I'm yep. going to get my spot back. And then Brian asked me about the captaincy. I said, mate, I played most of the year in reserve grade last year. I just want to cement my spot. He said, yeah. don't worry, you'll be fine, but I need you to be the captain. I was like, oh, I'm not sure, mate. So he just sort of went through it, and Brian can be quite persuasive. Yeah. He convinced me to give it a go in a trial match. We were playing West Tigers up in Rockhampton. Uh, we played the game. We won by 40, and I actually, actually felt it, it uh, made me play better as a like, being the captain because I felt I had the responsibility for the yeah. team. And it, you know, it's something that I need to be better at. I, I understand now, but I really took a lot of responsibility on our performance, how we played, um, you know, whether I took too much of that and sort of wore me down as the years got on. But I loved it. I loved the experience. And, and then I just sort of went on from there. We, we started uh, the comp against the Roosters, I think it was, 2000. We won that mm. game, scored a try, and we had a good season. So, yeah, that was sort of it for me from there. 2001, we may need a completely different podcast to cover this ride accurately. Minor Premiers by three games uh, was a new look side from when you had debuted. This Parramatta Real side was so dominant that year. You would make the grand final. You were expected to win, but expectation and reality, they sometimes don't meet, do they? No, we um, yeah we had a great season. It probably started back in '99. Bit of that started uh, yeah with that game against West, where Brian sort of threw all of us young guys mm. in. He wanted to build it. He knew the team he wanted to build. He wanted to build an attack, uh, an attacking, athletic team that that would push and and, and really use the ball. Uh, Brad Drew was brought in from Penrith. Brett Hodgson came over yep. from West. He actually played that game against us at Campbelltown. Uh, Jason Taylor came over. He was almost he was going to retire, but then he came That's over, right. and uh, Mickey Butner came as well. So we had a good mix of experience. Uh, we were sort of starting to hit our peak yeah. as, as players. Uh, Heine was just a freak. Uh, he had a bit more speed then than he ended up with at the back <laughs> end of his career, and he used to hit the hit the ball up a lot more, yeah, rather than just making all these tackles at the back end. Um, 
So, you know, Jamie Lyon was starting to come into his own. Yeah. We just sort of developed our style of footy where it was all based around ball movement, attack, support, just playing every play. Mm. Like no play was a set-up play, and that's how we played from our trial line to the opposition trial line. Brian was really good at helping us understand to play what we see, mm. and we trained a lot of that. Uh, and, yeah, had a great season. And then we won the prelim against the Broncos, and we were told we're, we're – Getting our bags packed, we're going to go down to Wollongong, we're going to get out of Sydney. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.